2: Tonight we got them, Goldie and the Salt. is a chemical, chemical that's disgusting,
1: disgusting, disgusting, display, and it
3: starts right now. Oh, welcome back, everyone. JC, you all right? Yes. You okay Just there? Felt like
1: a very delayed. Oh. oh,
3: was it? Am I on a delay? No. Oh, welcome back to another episode of a typical disgusting display, a podcast for writers by writers. Who hate writing? And uh I get the sense there there may be a couple other things we hate this week. Goldie, you have some uh some breaking medical news from the uh SHAP household. You wanna well, share you, that with us?
0: Yeah. We got it. And when I say it, we mean COVID nineteen, my friend. It's oh, in my house.
3: K nineteen. It's it's on the other
0: side of my house. My oldest kid go. has it. She's In the office, which is why, uh, you guys, if you can see the video, you're looking at the bed where my second child was made. Uh, Yes, my first child was made in a drunken lurch after a San Diego Padres game. (laughs) (laughs) Second one was Uh, made here. Who
3: won that game? Who won that game? Who were they
0: playing? (laughs) (laughs) Who can remember? By the seventh inning, I was like, "Let's get out of here." (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) So randy johnson
0: my old my oldest kid has covid she's totally asymptomatic which is the best i'm best way thankful. it's the that dream is, that is this the is what dream. you want and yeah. and it makes yeah. you go oh it's all fake right like i know right <laughs> millions dead suffering but my experience <laughs> yes. it's totally fine <laughs> yeah the, the traditional hollywood response to a monster i i mean i, I when i met them they were fine Right, <laughs> right. I, I had no idea <laughs> because harvey
3: weinstein was perfectly nice to <laughs> covid was nice to me <laughs> yeah.
0: when i met it out i had a drink it said hello it was very charming it's been nice absolutely (laughs) first joke of the day first joke (laughs) of the day but um so one of the consequences of this is so my younger child could not go to school um Mm -hmm. out of because i care about the community a lot of people don't increasingly people don't care anymore
1: no (laughs) um
0: so but yesterday i was looking for something to do so um there's this thing called the Butterfly Pavilion. Yeah, uh, I've been there. Is, so, so, but when I say the word pavilion, I want to pull you to. Okay. How big do you think a pavilion is?
3: A pavilion, generally in my mind, is huge. Well, okay, yeah.
0: Jay Z.
1: Smaller than a convention center.
0: Okay. <laughs> to the butterfly people at the Museum of Natural <laughs> History, a pavilion is maybe the size of my living room. Yeah, it's not so, big. When you say Butterfly Pavilion, I'm picturing like, oh my God, a wondrous land where I'm covered yeah. in butterflies and they're alighting all over me and I'm, right. I'm putting my hand out and they're, yeah. they're, you- they're tenderly landing on it and <laughs> flittering about. Yeah, and you know. want like a Jurassic Park style reveal of like, right. welcome yeah, and I'm, to Butterfly and I'm, Pavilion. And I know if you're listening, you can't see this, but I think you'll get the vibe. I want this to be my reaction. But what I have is like my living room, but, like, I left the doors open and then some butterflies came in because there was fruit.
3: So, your, your reaction to the Butterfly Pavilion sounds like what it probably was like after that Padres game, by the way. Yeah,
0: that, and, and that was me. Not yeah, a, yeah, of course. Right. Of course. Yeah, that was Second me. Second joke of the day. But, Second joke so, of the day. I bring my kid and... She's angry that no butterfly lands on her. So she's yelling at me like in the butterfly <laughs> pavilion. She's screaming at me in front of other people that no butterfly. And it's like I can't give someone $5 and go, hey, can you get that blue <laughs> right. one to kind of like go on her shoulder? Yeah, no, right. like, you can't. No. So so anyway, so she's mad. So then the other activities we do is we go into the museum. And I don't like natural history museums because they're just dinosaur skeletons. And from the minute I walk in, I'm like yeah i get it yeah they were here they were i know (laughs) yeah wow there's like there's a tooth it's like i got that so then my my daughter she's six and then she's like Wants me to pretend to be a dinosaur in the dinosaur museum. And it's like, why? Uh, yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to be a dinosaur. That would be pretty funny. <laughs> Anytime I'm pretending to be anything, it, all it is is I'm putting my arms out in front of me and going, <laughs> <laughs> Like, right. chase me. It's like, Ugh. like, there's no... I,
3: uh, Frankenstein. Right. I'm not the Monday. Dana
0: Carvey of animals. Like, I don't know what to do. So, So then she's mad because I'm not pretending to be a dinosaur right. And then... I take her to this 3D movie about Angkor Wat. Do you know what that is? Yeah, sure. The Cambodian city, the lost Cambodian city, where it was like they built these temples. They were more innate than the pyramids. And then suddenly everyone vanished. No one knows why. Do you know why? No. I don't either because my daughter made me leave the movie. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll never know. That
3: was your daughter's Tootsie the musical, was the Angkor Wat. And
0: she wouldn't... She wouldn't give me any of her popcorn, like not a kernel. Uh. So, meanwhile, I'm doing this, I'm suffering. My other kid is fine in my office by herself yeah. with an iPad all day, which is all I want. Right. Yeah. The dream. The like, it's COVID has given my kid. My dream life. (laughs) Oh my God. That's great. Oh God.
3: Way to go, Juge. And of course, we're glad she's, you know, feeling well and all that stuff. But asymptomatic COVID, that's the dream. Just go in a room, watch TV. I can't
0: come. I'd love (laughs) to come out and help and do everything.
3: (laughs) I can't. I can't can't even give
0: the dog COVID. I I wish (laughs) asymptomatic COVID. On everyone, oh,
3: yes. Right. Oh, that's the sweetest thing you've ever said. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, if I could nice. give it to you
0: for your for your fiftieth birthday, I would. <laughs> oh, oh,
3: god. Fingers crossed.
0: You better but, go uh, to a hotel. Can't <laughs> give anyone this dangerous gotta, thing.
3: You gotta hide away. Um, I wanted to circle back. We mentioned Tootsie the musical. Of course, our famous fiasco outing to Tootsie the musical yeah. a yeah. couple weeks ago. Now. And we mentioned the two uh, Frans, friend yes. fans that we met there, Dan, Dan Knapp and Lauren Sivan. Is Frans
0: or Frans? <laughs>
3: I don't know. Frans <laughs> sounds more <laughs> annoying to say, so let's keep it friends. Wait,
1: <laughs> yes. okay. You
0: yeah, knew I was... When I presented you with a choice, I think you know what my
1: answer was. Yes, (laughs) of
3: course, the harder one, the more annoying one to say. But so we mentioned – because Dan Knapp gave me like a duffel bag full of weed (laughs) products, and and I could not – Surprisingly, because all the weed. I couldn't remember the name of the company where he works, but it's called...
0: That's, that's really hurt the business model. I know. So good, you won't remember what it is or
3: where you got it. Free samples, everyone. Never remember where you got it. Um, it's it's called Good News. Good News. Good and news. the good news is you get very stoned. I tried uh, an edible uh, from a bag that was called... Vegas. <laughs> oh, it. is that the rainbow one no it was just oh. gold colored and oh, it said wow. and the little tagline for the vegas edible was up the ante and go all night oh, which wow. of course I, I read after like <laughs> did taking you? one i i, I well no, for i mean me, did you first of all I, yes i want to
0: step back yeah. How do you at this point even know you're stoned?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, because I still, and this is this is a, a hilarious thing and and all uh, casual stoners, light stoners, and heavy stoners should take note of this from some from a guy who knows what he's talking about. I, w- when I get stoned and it and it works, you still, I still, at this age and this amount of pot that I've smoked, have those ten minutes sometimes of panic, like I'm breathing weird, my heart no. sounds weird, <laughs> I gotta worst. drink water.
0: It's the it's the worst part. I mean, I one mean, of these times you'll be right, <laughs> right. It'll it'll all be over, yeah, and
3: I'll die laughing. Um, but the thing is that that doesn't happen. A lot of the time, but it happens enough to remind me, like, oh, this stuff is still working. And oh boy, did it happen with oh. Vegas! Oh no! <laughs> I upped the ante at about six thirty in the evening, and I went until ten. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Late night. So I I give big thumbs up. What to did you do? Map. Like you got your you got really close to the TV screen?
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, No,
3: <laughs> no. I just think I was I was sitting properly as opposed to just a schlump on the couch. Like, so upright? I actually just sat. Up, uh, that was God. My God
0: bless this age of legalized weed. I know it's end. so great. It's the only it's good. So I mean, great. it 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 kind of is that maybe the government only did this to keep us from being angry about everything else. Right. Well, <laughs> no, I think they realized how working, much,
3: how much money there is to be made in that industry. It's already like a, a you know a, one of those billion dollar industries. It's like well, yeah, you know, yeah. It's going to be
0: nothing right
3: now. I know. By the mm-hmm. way, we're living in the era where when we grew up, millions was like yeah. a term that was like, oh, oh yeah. and then yeah. billions was like the big term, and now soon it's going to be trillions. I, living... I
0: wouldn't even stop to pick up half a billion. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Just let it blow away down the street. Who cares? Yeah, I don't want to. This else age, bending.
0: Oh, each time you bend over, you're like, well, this I, I might be locked in this position for a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: I wanted to talk about something else briefly and Goldie, I know you'll have a thought on this. So, uh, Sunday was Mother's Day. Oh, yeah, and yes. happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. So, I uh, trudged up uh, the one-hour drive to my hometown of West End, right near where Goldie grew up in Lexington. And I brought my mom one block away to our cousin Wendy's, nice. and we had a Mother's Day brunch. And it was all very nice and lovely, and there were other members of the family there, including, Goldie, cousin Chuck, our uh, friend. Oh. Cousin Chuck. Is he yeah. lotion?
1: Is that the lotion in the hotel room? Yeah,
3: he's the yeah. He's yeah. afraid to masturbate. There. He's afraid to. No. Eat he's afraid oysters. to eat
0: oysters because then he'll then have to <laughs> masturbate. He'll have to in a, masturbate. a hotel by that himself, was the, and that he was doesn't the whole want thing. to. He does. That's the last thing any guy wants. <laughs> I, and if, I, no one has ever said anything that I instantly thought but I mean it's like that should just be carved in a pillar <laughs> in front of every hotel. I mean it was like the greatest funniest thing anyone's ever said so funny with no intention. Oh,
1: so
3: kidding. I'm I'm proud to say uh with a twist that cousin Chuck listens to us every yeah. week. Oh, he was you know he was talking about the podcast now he listens to it but here's the thing when he brought it up like most people we talk to who listen to the show they're very nice about it. They give us like, they, you know, they give you like, oh, it's so funny and Goldie's so funny and JC's great and, oh, I love the show and the tips you guys are giving. And my cousin Chuck, he, he says it like this. He goes, uh, I'm listening to your podcast. I, I, I guess I'll, I'll keep going. <laughs> that was it. And he would said something like that twice. Like he said, he's like, yeah, keep it up with the the.
0: It's it's good. (laughs) Like I mean, but for him, isn't that euphoria? (laughs) No,
3: it's not. Like
0: what? what, I mean, no. He
3: laughs. He's a good laugher. Like he laughs a lot. He's always telling me jokes he heard. He's always passing along like funny little things. Are they good? (laughs) Well, they're they're good. They're on the blue side. He's like yeah. the blue cousin. Oh. And then, then there was another thing where he, Cousin Chuck, as you know, also bald, one of the bald, member of the bald community. Okay. Um, but he I, I'm not
0: sure you can say that, but okay.
3: Yeah. yeah. We'll keep it. <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't wear it like you. He's very at peace with it. Like it's not an issue for him the way it is for you. So w- he read your book after I, you know, recommended it. I said, you got to okay. read this book. I think I may have even given it to him. And he said this thing that I wish I understood. He's like, tell Goldie I read his book and, and, and I don't get the gist of it. And I can't tell if he was being sarcastic, like, because it's clearly like just over and over, like, yeah, being bald socks, being bald socks, Or if he was being serious, like, I don't, I can't get the gist of his comment. So I don't know what that means.
1: <laughs> You so I'm weird.
0: speechless. I don't know what to say to that. I don't, I don't know either. It's and i like, so, I mean, I, I do have these moments like sometimes, um, like when I hear the Elton John song Leave On, I don't know what that song wants me to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do about Leave On? Like, maybe is that it where you read something like, like I have that reaction with, with many things where you just. watch or read something and you say i don't know uh for example um the book anna karenina it's very long it's famous she has a tough time i guess (laughs) what the fuck am i supposed to do (laughs) it's too late am i just supposed to walk around going like oh Oh, poor Anna. (laughs) Anna, I mean, I will. I I can't help her. I can't help. I can't do anything about anything. So maybe that's his reaction is he just thinks I'm looking for something from people and what I'm looking for, he can't provide. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah, (laughs) I
3: guess. But Uncle Chuck is – Cousin Chuck has earned the right. To, to feel the way he feels about lots of things, he's a he's a funny guy. He's a he's a great guy. And thank you for listening. If you still are, even though you're <laughs> if you offense, made it this far, Chuck. hopefully this thank endorsement you. will keep you here for weeks to come. But
0: also, nothing new is going to happen on this podcast. It's just going to be the same thing over and over
3: again. Yeah. Well, don't give that away. Spoiler, <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Anna Karenin. It sounds Kareninana. like she's sounds like she's starting a dirt bike there with her last name. <laughs> Anna Karenina. I <laughs> just mean, give, I've just I don't know what else you need to know. What
0: else do you need to know about the book? Like, at this point, my memory is so bad that if I watch something or read something, when it gets brought up, all I can think is, I saw that. Yes, <laughs> I oh, read that. I'm the same and then 100% You right. say, can you remember anything about it? No. I might remember an actor. I might remember a fragment of a scene. But yeah, it's all the same way. in a job. Yes. I, I, I would say I think maybe the same four thoughts all day, every day. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and one of them is about all the championships you won on NBA 2K. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that's how I that. fall asleep at night still. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I awesome. love that you've you've repeated that enough for me to know that it's real, which is hilarious. <laughs> By the way, Anna Karenanana sounds like... They ran out of letters at press time for the title. It's like, we got a bunch of N's and A's. Can you just make it with that?
0: I I feel like if if you keep going, maybe you'll stumble on a joke here, buddy. (laughs) No, the dirt bike was, oh,
3: that's going to be killing. People are going to be coming back to me. Cousin Chuck, oh, that dirt bike joke. I loved it.
0: Like, Uh, yeah, sorry, I'm trying to kind of limply entertain you on your 22-hour flight to Shanghai every week.
3: (laughs) That's right, to go sell Florsheim shoes. Yeah. Anyway, Cousin Chuck, thank you. And speaking of limping into a joke, let's limp into the segment that's been killing us week after week. Let's limp into Johnny jokes.
0: From the new bedroom location... Here's Johnny's! I sound great. I sound great. You really do. (laughs) You sound wonderful. I gotta get out of the closet where I'm recording.
1: You do sound great.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like Ed's been having a little drinky pool before record time. weed. All right. (laughs) Weed. Four Johnny jokes. Here they come. I know one of them. I think one of them is good. The rest I cannot vouch for. Here we go. Uh, maybe you saw this. A 1,000 pound great white shark is reportedly swimming by the Jersey Shore. Yeah. Uh, when scientists were asked why the creature would hunt in that area, they replied, Who doesn't like Italian food?
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Andy's back after a month Thank off. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we recorded last week. Oh, I, I get <laughs> uh, you. <laughs> All right, now back to the bad ones. That wasn't the one I thought was good, so maybe we have, have a shot at 50% <laughs> this week. Okay, thank you. Uh, officials, <laughs> you'll say he's back after this one. <laughs> officials have determined uh, that Russia fired hypersonic missiles at Odessa yesterday evening. Uh, they went on to note that the missiles switched to semisonic at closing time. I like Joke it. for you 90s <laughs> like folks it. out there. I like it. <laughs> Closing time was by the band Semisonic. Not oft, think, thought about, but there they are. Uh, Okay, joke three. Newly obtained data indicates that gas released by peat moss in Scottish bogs may help combat climate change. Yeah. Uh, When asked if the gas had any side effects... One American scientist working in Scotland replied, Ach, no, there's only one wee side effect, but that should maybe be a problem. Turned him Where'd into a go? Scottish guy.
1: Where'd Turned him
3: into a Scottish oh, guy. So the gas, the gas, let me get this straight. The gas
0: the makes you Scottish.
3: Yeah, yeah. so, oh, so wow. there's gas from the peat moss from the Scottish bog that turns your voice a wee bit Scottish. Yeah. All right, here's the one joke I liked. Here it comes, Here closing with it. Uh, All right, finally, at this year's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony, the Academy will honor the roots of rock and Michael Jackson. Wow. First Bo Diddley, then Boy Diddley.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Bravo, sir. Thank you. That was a bumper crop. That was a bumper crop. Second Johnny. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well done. Okay, here we go. There's a new off-Broadway show about Hitler's tasters, the 24 women who would taste Hitler's food to make sure it wasn't poisoned. Yeah, and I'm not sure which is worse, Hitler or two hours of watching actresses eat. <laughs> <laughs> I hate watching actors eat. It's the worst. Okay. <laughs> a kerfuffle has emerged Ooh. in Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Protesters now gather every night outside the home of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh saying he perjured himself during his confirmation hearing when he claimed he wouldn't dismantle Roe v. Wade. You know, <clears throat> Kavanaugh lied so much during that hearing, I'm beginning to think he doesn't even like beer. <laughs> <laughs> a long setup, but I like the punch. Yeah, but I like <laughs> it. Just punch him in the face. And we now like here's a jab him. after that bald bull style run-up. Okay, here we go. North Korea has banned dyed hair, loose blouses, and tight jeans. Look, Ooh. just say you don't want Steven Tyler there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Love that. Okay, now I got a a norm. I got a a norm joke. Here we go. All right. This past Sunday, Rich Strike, an 80 to one long shot, won the Kentucky Derby. You know, no no one gave this horse a chance, but they didn't realize how badly he wanted to stop being brutally whipped. Do we want to um, talk about the offer?
3: Yes, what let's is talk that? a little bit about the offer. so the offer JC is a show that's on uh Paramount plus Paramount plus sorry okay. and um, it's all about how the Godfather was made. It's like behind Ooh, the scenes of all the okay. deal making and all the stuff that had to happen in order for the Godfather to get made so I've been watching it. Is that I know.
1: Robert Evans? Is that the yes. one you're talking about? Yes. Okay. The
3: guy who plays Robert Evans is sublime. Okay, like Goldie, wouldn't
0: you agree? It's one of the best performances I've seen oh, in man. the last decade. I've, every yes. second he's on screen, I love it. I love it. I, I don't <laughs> know if I can get nail the voice down without seeing. You did it.
3: it. You did it. It's that nasal thing. Hey,
0: uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I got Jack a, Nicholson on the phone. A few <sighs> things about this show. I, will, I do want to talk about a few of the actors, but, you know, we talk so much about writing, pitching, and we're going to do more yeah. stuff today. I just want to point out the genius of you go to Paramount Plus, you say, I have a show about Paramount. We're going to film <laughs> yes. it at Paramount using all yes. the Paramount sets. We're going to build the legend of Paramount, and then you're going to yes. take it and make it the centerpiece of your app, <laughs> Paramount Plus, using Paramount properties that you own. So. <laughs> Genius. Giant applause to genius. Whoever, because it's like you, you're not going to Netflix with that,
2: right? Right. But how no. can
0: if Paramount says no, then I I don't even know how they say no. Right. Like
3: no. Well, then then that that begs the question: Is do we get a six part yes. miniseries about the making of The Offer? which is about the making of the godfather.
0: I thought <laughs> about that but it's <laughs> why don't we just do go to apple with the development of apple well, the legend of, you know, Jobs and Wozniak in the garage. Let's go to Yes. Uh, Microsoft with Bill Gates. Yeah. Let's go to well, Facebook way, with Zuckerberg. Idea. Let's go to Netflix with like, you know, we show them in the garage with a stack of the envelopes, and it's like, yeah. we don't own that movie. Run a blockbuster and get it and we'll send it to this person. Yeah. By the way, that's those
3: it's are really all smart. great ideas. Yes. Do like, we, we cut this fun. and just and and- save it?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe.
3: <laughs> no, we can put it out there. Our listeners no, you are know lazy, what I mean. Like but us. I,
0: so I I just want to tip my hat to the showrunners for just. The economic realization of vertical integration sells and they they turn it to their advantage. And what a lesson to anyone listening is think that way and you will get stuff made. That is such a great point that I did not think of
3: until you brought it up right now but that is you're right it's just all so perfectly aligned you know and and i did notice that when i was watching it i was like oh of course they're filming on the paramount lot because this is a paramount property but i still didn't think how genius it was but for it makes them to it good whole... too because it does. it's a fun it's authentic. thing to
0: do and it's it's you know the i don't know how true the story is i'm getting the sense that it isn't oh, oh i thought it was oh
3: really why wouldn't it be I don't it's know. Based a, it's based on the producer's book, right? The
0: book guy, Albert Ruddy, the Miles Teller guy? I guess. I mean, the things that I... It's not that I don't like about because I, I enjoy the show. The, If you watch the, the first episode, though, to me, it felt like someone from the TikTok generation... <laughs> TikTok. ...was writing a <laughs> pilot where it was like, we don't really need to take a long, slow bath in this world. Let's just show the scenes where everything happens. So the guy is working at a defense contractor, talks to one person in a bar... Suddenly is talking to the president of CBS
1: <laughs> right. in
0: yeah. that room with no preparation, makes up Hogan's Heroes. Right. Then decides he doesn't want to do Hogan's Heroes. I'm, I'm not even, if anything, I'm giving it more breath than they gave <laughs> it right. in the
1: show. <laughs> right. So
0: I felt like that was not great storytelling. I felt it, it got better as it went along. But a couple of things I do want to recognize I, the, the performance of Robert Evans, which is genius. So unbelievable. But, Two of our friends, yes, oh, are legitimately great, and not because they're our friends. They're yeah. do, they're doing great work, and probably one is a guy who I have his information as of ten years ago. I haven't tried to contact him, but I I could send a text to this number and see if it still works.
1: You
0: Giovanni Rabisi. Oh, oh Geo, yeah, our good yeah. friend who I haven't yeah. talked to in ten years, but he, great guy. He's, he's a, a great guy. Actor. He's a great actor. And so he's like good.
3: he's really going for it, which I appreciate. And of course, me watching it, I'm having the realization I'm like, oh my God, Giovanni's playing a like a mob boss, basically. And then I the, he is Italian. He's clearly yeah. Italian with a name like <laughs> Giovanni Rubisi. Yeah. Like he's got the goods and like his voice and mannerisms are great. They're yes. very fun to watch. And he's so highlight our convincing. second friend.
0: So our second friend Plays Mario Puzo. His name is Patrick yeah. Gallo. Yeah, and I started out doing stand up with this guy. We both did in in the yep. mid '90s, and he was in a sketch duo called Carrie and Gallo. Always very funny, and it's but it, what's so great is to just see the same things that made him funny back then. He's just now doing them. They've they found a way to make it work for them in Hollywood. And he's just doing the exact same thing, which is a big blustery guy. And yeah. he's out there with his appetites and he's eaten. And he's got this sort of inherent goodness, like this this warmth, but this vulnerability, but he's a big guy. Yes. And he he just is doing such a great job. It warms my hat. <laughs> yes, I. congrats, I Patrick
3: Gallo. Not that he'll really ever hear this, but if you do, you're doing a great job. We love the show. And I just want to circle back for a minute to the Robert Evans guy, because I can't, and you said it very well, and and I feel the same way. This guy's performance, and do you know this guy's a British actor? I know. He, oh. he, yeah, so...
0: It, Matt, that makes me angry normally, but I couldn't even be angry. <laughs> Could
3: not be angry at him, because there's no trace of it in his performance. And... He was in uh, Downton Abbey, yep. and is he it Matthew was Matthew
1: good. Matthew Good.
3: I don't know. Is he uh, no. Mr. Crawley? No. 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 It was oh. the guy in the later seasons who Mary ends up with, who was the race car driver. Very. The one gashing.
0: thing, oh, the one promise yeah, okay. I make our listeners is yeah. we will never look anything up. I- I'm looking. No, up. That's right. We will <laughs> always yes. just speak off the top of our heads, <laughs> and whatever with it is, inaccurate it is. information. It, that's, that's right. right.
1: That's this the Goldie Matthew, guarantee. It says, oh, it's Matthew Good, but he didn't play Matthew Crawley. But yeah. it, his, the actor's name is Matthew Good.
3: Okay. Then now it's completely yeah. confusing, but I think I get you. <laughs> he was also in the crown. So he's very yes. British, up a crusty, very yes. handsome guy. And you know that Evans himself, as vain as he was, would love this guy's performance. Like, I think he would have fun kind of pretending to dislike it, but. When he went home at night, he would love it because they got a handsome guy to yep. play him. <laughs> and he's got, I think, kind of the biggest part. I mean, Miles Teller, too, but he and Miles Teller are like the center of this whole thing. And Did I tell looked,
0: my Bob Evans story on here?
3: Tell it again. I don't uh, think any so. Bob Evans story. I don't think so.
0: I met Robert Evans Woo. at length. Wow. So for the Craig Kilborn finale, they wanted to get 10 seconds of Robert Evans up top as a cold open, meaning before the show starts. And he was going to say, you know, Craig, I've you know, done it all in show business and you've done such a wonderful job here. you got a bright future ahead of you. See you in the pictures, kid. Something like that, right? Yeah. yeah. So the idea was like I'll show up at 10 in the morning. We'll set up for an hour. We'll shoot for 15 minutes and get out of there. Yeah. Instead, here's what happens. I show up at 10 in the morning. A butler answers the door. And is this
3: at his house behind the the Beverly Hills Hotel?
0: Yes. This is at the famous house. Behind the Beverly Hills Hotel. Yes, I show up. A butler answers the door, asks me if I want a drink. Uh, Uh, Two women who look like supermodels, (laughs) and there may be drugs. um, I don't know. They had that energy. They say, you know, Bob's out back. So I go out back to the famous pool, and... um, Robert Evans is lying splayed out on an outdoor velvet waterbed wearing a short silk Komodo. Oh, Oh, yes. And he says, Goldie, like he's been briefed that I'm coming. He's like, Goldie, I'm so glad you're here. And for some reason, like there was so much disarray with a butler and these models and stuff that like the crew wasn't getting what they need. And Bob obviously wasn't ready. And so he said, Goldie, my house is your house. I want you to go in there open every drawer, Whoa. look at whatever you want. Oh and I, I took him at his word. So I'm in the famous bedroom <laughs> with the black and white photos on the wall of every woman he's ever had sex with right. the bed with the fur. I'm, I'm opening his drawers. I, I pull oh out God. this thing. Oh, There's wow. 300 pairs of glasses. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing all his stuff and I'm there so long. Like I've, I've gone through every drawer three times. Right. Um, And then, you know, we're trying to get this 10 seconds. Of course, he can't understand that the show isn't about him. Like, he thinks (laughs) it's still part of the documentary, maybe, if he came back from work. He he just won't get going. But anyway, and instead, what he he just starts talking to me about, he says, I I have the rights to this book, The Jade Detective. Goldie, (laughs) you could write it. Craig could play the Jade Detective. We'd set it up over at Paramount. I'm
3: like, oh okay. God. So
0: I'm shooting for like two hours, trying to get ten coherent seconds. And I, I by, by the time I get what I think is fine, you know, and I'm packing up. It's now like 5 p.m. Like the the day has been lost. I've been in in Bob Evans' world, and it's time to go. And I'm as I'm like putting my stuff away in the driveway. Bob comes to the door and he's like "Goldie! The Jade Detective. Craig <laughs> Craig would be The Jade Detective, Goldie, you would write it. I'm sending you the book. I'm I'm messaging – meanwhile, I'm standing right there. So just hand me the book if you Uh, have it. But uh, that isn't how he works. Like, everything has to be messaged. So he's like, you get back to your office. The book will beat you there. And you are going to read The Jade Detective tomorrow. I'm calling you up, and we're going to discuss you writing it. And remember, tell Craig he would be – The Jade Detective.
3: Uh, I love that. So I get
0: back to the office. Of course, I never hear from him again. (laughs) But just as he's standing, as I'm driving off, you know, in my Mercedes convertible that I had at that time, the '93 Mercedes, it was the most Hollywood moment I've ever had. I'm in my '83 Mercedes convertible, top down, (laughs) as Bob Evans on his top step, going, "The Jade Detective, Goldie, (laughs) The Jade Detective, (laughs) Craig would be the Jade (laughs) Detective."
3: I love – God, he is such a connection. He's like – now we've lost him, obviously, but he yeah. was the connection to old Hollywood. And he yes. held up that mantle for so long and so well. He just – he was so comfortable in his character. It's crazy. Like, he became the entertainment. It was it, – it, it's just such a – he's a fascinating guy. And I, I. if you're out there and you're listening to the podcast – You've probably seen The Kid Stays in the Picture, which is the great documentary about Robert Evans. But if you haven't, I highly recommend going and watching that because it's it's a fantastic documentary and was really a leap forward in documentaries when it came out. It, it The way it was edited and put together was different. Like, you see a lot of that now, but that was because of The Kid Stays in the Picture. It's a fantastic watch. Well, what so. the show
0: does, it, it highlights there was a time... Pre so much vertical integration, these companies, where the executives' taste and the executives' character and their panache, was such a large part of the entertainment we saw that they really, they were supposed to be out there making news, being glamorous to show yes. everyone this is a gla- this is the place to be. Like, not only will you be a you'll be a star. I mean, if if I'm this big a star, imagine how big a star you will be. But now. Everything is all about like, don't be seen, don't get any attention on you, because any attention is if you draw attention to us, it's going to be bad attention. If you stand right. out, it's yeah. too much like it needs yeah. to just be Netflix. It needs to be on the site, you know, thrown up there without we don't want any like yeah. political attachments. We don't want totally uh, you in the news at all. And it, it's you know, I think a lot of us, you know, uh, of our age moved out here. Being sold one lifestyle, and then yes. we are now sort of forced to make our way in a different lifestyle, which kind of leads to our topic, that's
1: too. That's interesting.
3: Yeah, that's a great point that, yeah. like, they, the, those big producers, we used to count on them to be, like, style makers. Like, and and now you just sort of, if you're lucky, you get dumped into the Marvel grist mill, and you're like, oh, I wrote, uh, you know, sort of Thor 2. It's like, all right, great. That right. wasn't it, really it, my it, style. but Like, Love
0: Story was a one-off, right? Like totally. There's no Love Story 2, but now er, it's just anything that is a property. It's like, Bounty Paper Towels, the movie, the brawny guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. you yeah. know. And it's like, yes. brawny 2, return to the forest. It's, it's yeah. like we've deforested so much, he has to save the trees <laughs> so we have the towel. We're, right. And it's anything that just has to be something before it's a movie. Yeah. You know, I, I, and, and I think one of the things I enjoyed in Miles Teller's performance was just it's like the the passionate defending of the material.
3: I agree. Yeah, he had a couple of great speeches where it was like, either I make the decisions or I walk. And they yes. respected him. Um, and it's interesting you bring up Miles Teller because I feel like I was sort of indifferent slash didn't really love Miles Teller before this thing, the offer based on nothing based on, you know, probably like a mild jealousy of like, why the fuck, the Viner thing of like, yeah. yeah, give this guy a chance. Why does this guy get to do it? Um, but he's really great in the offer. And I feel bad that we made a family guy joke about him now. but oh, Kind of right. young James Con quality. Yeah. It, yeah. There's, there's something interesting about him that I, I had failed to recognize up until this he's, role. He's now more I James Kahn
0: like than Scott Con. <laughs> well that's true yes. yeah, yeah i don't yeah. mean he's more like james con than he is like scott con i mean he's more like james con than james scott con is. Oh, right. is yeah yeah,
3: yeah. that makes that made like sense to me
0: scott con should be miles teller <laughs> yes right,
3: and miles teller should be should scott be scott con like they should <laughs> just switch
0: and and say like
3: trade you
1: Tracy's.
3: um all right. So you were saying this this could be a good uh was is sort of a good lead in to our topic this week and this was something, Goldie, you had sent me an article about yeah. this. So what 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 were you thinking about? So what I don't I don't
0: week? what I don't wanna do is like analyze this article. What I do wanna do is use the article as a departure point for okay. talking throw, about. Throw stuff. away all my notes. So the article well, we'll see. I'm the I'm up, kidding. Okay. <laughs> so the article was on Vice and it was, it was called Television is in a Show-Running Crisis. Mm-hmm. And the sub-headline was more and different kinds of people can now aspire to TV's most important job, dash, but streaming and COVID have set them up to fail. And I'll just give the writer a shout-out by Catherine Trendacosta. Trendacosta. <laughs> trendacosta. Anyway. At trendacosta. So I, you know, and basically the article went into that TV used to be 22 episodes a year so that you would develop in the system. You would do seasons of TV shows. And by the time, if you had worked in TV five years, mathematically, you would have worked on over 100 episodes. And by osmosis, you would have picked up a lot more about editing, uh, working with actors, working with directors, how to be on the floor, how to deal with executives, how to make cuts. But since everything now is six or eight episodes or maybe 10 and things get, you know, canceled before completion that sometimes people will become a showrunner and they've really only worked on like 20 episodes of TV and they don't really know what they're doing and they don't know where to turn to. Right.
1: Right. Um, And so
0: it's like, how do you run a show? And because there are more shows, they're now, you know, uh, drawing on a pool of people who just don't have the experience that, the pool used to have
1: right, totally so
0: right. I I agreed with all of that, of course, and yeah. in my own experiences in show running. I found it, you know, and I I sort of got the last bit of the old experience. Like I, I probably I was lucky that you know, working in late night, you get to work on hundreds and hundreds of shows. It's not quite the same as working yeah. on a scripted show, but you get but, a
3: sense of production. You, you
0: and you get like the sense of the deadlines and the pressure of like, you got to come every day to play. Like yes, you right. can't have an off day. And if you right. have an off day, you just got to work through it. And then I, you know, worked in animation on Cleveland and, and granted animation's its own animal where, yeah. but we were doing 22 episodes of Cleveland a year. And I got to watch Rich Appel who, who came up under the old system. So I got right. to watch like a master of the old system yep. oh, yeah. work his mastery. And by osmosis, I learned a lot about, you know, his way of, sort of working upwards into the corporate structure and also working downwards to his staff. Right. Um, yeah. Learned a lot there. But even still, when I was thrown into the world of, of having my own show, I had I had only worked on one season of a single camera show with live action actors and whatever. So yeah. I, I do sympathize with the plight portrayed in the article. Um, however, one, one thing I always <laughs> go back to is if in the article they published... How much the people were making, no one would care about their life. Like, if you just saw the number of like, by the way, these people make this much. And everyone would go, well, the money's to learn to fucking deal with it. (laughs) 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 That's totally right. A funny thing
3: I noticed about the article, and like this just either shows, you know, how sort of detached I am from pop culture or just how spread out everything is. They're like, every person's name they mentioned in the article as a showrunner, they're like, listed their show credits. I had never heard of any of them. It's like from Dorian's Way,
1: oh, yeah. this
3: one, well, and this one from uh, Ferndale Alley. It's like, I've never heard of any of the, what, Are these real
0: shows? Are you, am I being punked right now? Punked? I just think there are a, a lot of shows, and we have kids, and even though it's my job to keep up, I don't. Yeah, I no, don't we, do my job. I don't do. keep up. <laughs> I don't keep up. Well, the funny, offer Gold- will be the show I watch this that's year. That's what I'm watching. I <laughs> yes. would also
3: recommend Gaslit if you have the chance to watch that. But Never heard uh, of
0: it. Is that real? It's, it's on Starz. <laughs> Are you yeah it's, it's,
3: yeah, it's about the Watergate stuff, which I'm fascinated oh, with.
0: Right. Oh, right. Okay.
3: Uh, also, Goldie, we've talked about this on the show before. Uh, you have run two shows and yes. you did it Into the by yourself. Uh, well, that's, you know, due to a combination of factors, but yeah. sure. Um but you did it by yourself and I have now run two shows, but I've always had somebody else on dads. I had Wellesley on family guy. Now I have rich who you just talked about. And so when you talk about, Oh, you know, if you're on a certain number of shows through osmosis, you're learning, you're picking things up. I have to admit, I never, I didn't do pay attention to any of that shit. Like I was always thinking about, and, and, not to say that I do this more than you because you're a great joke writer, but I was always thinking about like the silly thing or joke that could go in the script. That's your job. It it is, but also implied in this article is this sort of sense that if you work on enough shows, you get the idea of what needs to happen. And from my point of view, I'm still surprised by things as a showrunner. It's like, oh, you have a post-animatic lock. I'm like, what is that? (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's no, like, there's still no. things that come up weekly on the schedule and they're like, oh, we got uh, new boards. I'm like, what is that again? Oh, no. You know, I'm, I'm always kind of being reminded of what what uh, is happening as a showrunner. But having Rich there, as you pointed out, he's so good at all that stuff. He's very organized. He clearly, you know, knows everything that needs to happen. I literally just, like,
0: try to imitate him. <laughs> you know, well, I just try to. you've inadvertently... Yeah. Given an important lesson, I think. Yeah. which oh, is it's so inadvertent. The poker face is if someone says something and you don't know what it is, just say yes. Yes. <laughs> call up a Mike Scully. Call up someone else. Yeah. Ask what it is. Or I'll tell you, like, when I used to go into color screenings, which is like they color correct the episode. So I didn't go to film school. I literally thought you just shot a thing and it was lit and then whatever. And
1: that's what it like, looked like. Like, the think? color correcting yeah.
0: person would just do whatever they would do color and they don't the truth is that's what they do they don't need you so like yeah if you say hey what do you think if you turn it into a collaboration they're more than glad to quotes collaborate with you even though they kind of realize you're an idiot but they're not going to call you out on it because you're their boss so right you can play this kind of standoffy poker with them where you yeah, you know, like you know, I know that I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> right. But if I act like I know what I'm doing, you're not going to say I don't know what I'm doing right. because yes. then I I might get mad. <laughs>
3: right. Yeah, yeah. Just have a confident opinion. That's another good lesson. And yeah. there's something to be said here for for people who are perhaps in the position to be showrunners and who might be like me and just kind of like I don't know don't hesitate to ask people questions. Like I found certainly with Rich, because he knows so much, he's been working and so effective for so long. And he also likes to be a mentor. People yes. generally in this business enjoy imparting
0: wisdom. So, Or yeah. e- even if they're not that generous, yeah. they like that someone is stupider than them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so either way, it doesn't matter. It's a win-win. Yeah. Right. yeah. Right, and that because then they can call someone and go, "Oh my God, do you know (laughs) who I just talked to?" And like they didn't know what color correcting was. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. Well, and and something that wasn't—it
3: was sort of left out of this article was to account for people like me who might be already at a high level and have been in the business for a long time and should presumably know what they're doing, but don't all Mm -hmm. you know necessarily all the time. And that's okay. And so the lesson there to take down to the, the article was like, oh, the problem was showrunning, and these people—they've only been on two seasons of shows, and how can yeah. they be ready? It doesn't matter. I don't think ultimately it matters. You ask questions of the right people, you have the right people around you, and you'll figure it out. Five shows in to be well, a that was show something
0: runner. in the article too that I wanted to get your opinion on, which is you know they go into like, and then there are these showrunner training courses run by the I studios, and asking. nothing kind of rankles me more than people who say they're going to teach you comedy. Like you might take a UCB course because you don't have the guts to get up in front of people and you want to get reps and go through this exercise. But the notion that like anyone is going to take an unfunny person and give them Mm -hmm. some secrets and make them funny, or anyone's going to take someone, uh, you know, someone who can't act and tell them, Well, you know, you just get some preparation going and you, uh, you know, you throw away. It's like you either kind of have it or you don't and you can maximize your talent. But like, I just don't see how and, and it might be reassuring to hear anecdotes from people who come in and say, hey, listen, I didn't know what I was doing either. But like you can't become a showrunner. By doing anything other than showrunning, right,
3: right, right, it's like teaching someone to be tall. It's just not possible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, but but here's the thing, and, and boy, we should have had David Goodman on for this because you know he. Uh, was president of the WGA uh, for a, a long time, and they're the ones who offer this program. So I'd be interested to hear. It's,
0: but I'm not talking about them necessarily or specifically. And but I think it's people, their
3: program, isn't it? No, that's well,
0: no, they brought up some of the studios have these as well. Oh, okay, got
3: it. Yeah, got it. So I'd be, but I'd still bet he knows kind of what that's about. Like if 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 it's worth it at all.
0: I'm and sure to it's, me, it's it's worth it if you just are the type of person who needs to hear reassuring information. Well, but, and that's that's
3: a good point because the reassuring information can also work on the studios and network executives if they hear that you've been in that uh, program like that right. for, for their studio. Yeah. They but might then have the
0: concern a, is, are you just saying you're giving me this job and I don't know what I'm doing, so I need to go into a training program and already. Because like one of the things this article didn't bring up is, you know, it's like, well, why don't these people have more help? And it's, and it's like, because you're getting the points. Right. So you've said you can do it. Yes, And and it's like, in general, you can bring someone else on, but points are, you know, sort of after when the show has started into profitability, syndication, whatever, you get more money, points. It's a percentage of the profits. So very few people want to give that up because that's the only way you're going to get rich in this business. Yes. Is by having points. You're not going to get it. You can become like well off by sort of running a show, but for real, like private jet wealth. Yes. Points.
3: Yeah, so points.
0: You don't. Most people don't want to give up the lottery ticket of the points. So when people are like, why don't I have someone running the show with me? It's like, okay, you want to give them the, the points? Then they'll yeah. bring someone in. But like...
1: That was my question. You you've yeah. gone
0: in and said like, I'm the person who can do this. And so to then go like, but I need help. Like, you should just hire someone to do the parts you don't know. Yeah. And call them supervising, call them executive.
2: But
3: yeah. don't
0: say... They're co show running, or you're going to give up your points. That's
3: right. You got to protect
0: those points. Yeah. Protect the points. PTP, (laughs) bitch. (laughs) PTP, protect the points. (laughs) PTP. (laughs) Bitch. I think that's the only way
3: you're going to, like, you know. It's funny. You bring up points. And um, so when Wellesley and I worked with Seth on TED. Wellesley and I didn't get any points, because why would we? We were first-time movie writers, and then, of course, the movie goes huge, yep. and we're oh. like, oh, shit. So we fought like hell to get points <laughs> on Ted 2 and A Million Ways <laughs> to Die in the West, both yeah. of which, it didn't matter. Oh, no. there were, the <laughs> points were worthless. Oh, no. I've never it,
0: had a point work in my favor. Yeah, oh no.
3: <laughs> if we had had points on Ted, I'm not doing this podcast right now. I don't I don't need the 40 bucks a month that this podcast <laughs> provides I <laughs> because I had points in Ted. But instead <laughs> I had points in a million ways to die in the West.
0: <laughs> but I one thing I I kind of wanted to sound you two out on also is when they said, you know, people helping other people along and mentoring other people, which is great. And like one of my mentors, sometimes I, I think it's advisable to seek a mentor who's just a little bit outside of what you're doing, but who gets what you're doing. Because are we collaborators or are we competitors? And in this business, mm-hmm. we're both. And I, yeah. I think right. I've gone into this in previous podcasts about coming from stand up. It's like you might all be friends and you might help each other out and you might run a show and someone will do your show and that's a favor to them. But it's also kind of a favor to you because you get a yeah. You get a good comedian. But at the end of the day, you're going for a limited amount of things, and only a few of you get to get them, and there may come a moment where you're competition. And so I thought to illustrate this, you know, Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback of the Tennessee Titans, gave an interview last week where he said they drafted this guy, Malik Willis, and he said, it's not my job to get this guy up to speed. It's his job to get himself up to speed. Yeah, that's And they have a system at the Titans to get people up to speed, and I'll work with him and i'm happy to be his co-worker but he's not my trainee and i i get it and i kind of agree with that that like i disagreed oh, with that You're, but <laughs> as a showrunner like and a new showrunner which i was so i'm i'm running like making history and you go dude i'm drowning yeah. i don't know how to do anything and then all of a sudden i'm supposed to be friggin' training the staff where it's like, like no 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 <laughs> yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. are supposed to be building my boat yeah like yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm not supposed to be helping you at this point like I'm fucking drowning. Help me. That's why you're here. And so I think that like to expect like, sure, you might be on season four or something and it's kind of running itself and the showrunner can breathe and then they can help you. But do not walk in to a new show expecting that person to be able to help you. You're there to help them. And I think that was a little backwards to me that it. Yeah. It, you know, you can always, if if you don't feel you should be working with them, you can develop and and try to have your own show. Right. But, like, you got to help the person who hired you. Yes. Yeah. That's well, the job. And, I, and by the way, from the showrunner perspective, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Because right. yeah. you get all the reflected glory and you get to call the shots and you get to say when you go home at night and what restaurant you want for lunch. So, yeah. like, and you get paid the most. So it's, it's kind of the job to be overwhelmed, in a sense. Like, that's yeah. one way of viewing it. I'm not sure where I land, honestly. Like, we've expressed it, two totally different viewpoints, but I, I get both of them.
3: Yeah, it's an interesting uh, analogy you brought up because, of course, being a writer, all I want to do is talk about sports as opposed to writing. <laughs> but yeah. you brought up the Ryan Tannehill thing, and I saw that as well, where – They drafted the quarterback, and he said, it's not my job to mentor him. I disagree with that. And where I think the analogy, your analogy phrase a little bit is that the quarterback is not the showrunner. They're a showrunner on the field, but the coach or the GM is really the showrunner of a team. And if the coach or the GM says, we're bringing in this other quarterback— then I submit that it becomes Ryan Tannehill's job for the good of that team to bring this guy up to speed. And also just for locker room harmony, you want the locker room to be together. Here's the thing with a with a, a TV show where selfishly I agree with you as well. I, I I feel like, yeah, when you're running a show, you have so many things to worry about. You don't want to be... Lifting a co-EP up and saying like, oh, I'm going to make him so ready to run his own show and then he can leave and stop giving me jokes. It's like, no, give me jokes. Let's keep this thing going. And then maybe, you know, when it comes to like Family Guy, sure, it's a unicorn, but that show's been on the air over 20 years. And it's like then if you're a co-EP or an EP on that show, it's like, great, we all did it. Like you don't need to go out and fail. You can stay here and just do this.
0: Right. Well, you know, I want to leave people with some advice and I I only have one piece of advice, which is do not rely on the showrunner to start training you. That may happen and it's great if it does. But what you can do and take a little responsibility for yourself is if there's something you want to know about, you can say to the showrunner, hey, do you mind if I sit in on an edit? Hey, do you mind if I go down to the floor? I've never been there. I really want to do it. Hey, do you mind explaining to me how the first cut became the final cut. Do you mind if I watch you do an audio walk? Do you mind if yeah. I watch you? And no one's going to say no. And yep. and if anything, then you're going to be in a room with a showrunner and have their ear. And and by the way, if, if it's your first time in the edit, wait to be asked. Don't yep. start just spouting stuff or then yeah. the person's going to regret ever yeah. bringing you we'll in there. And that's going to yes. get super uncomfortable. But if you want to learn these things and you feel... The person isn't being proactive enough about training you. Just ask in a discreet way to be there. Be discreet when you're there and get some reps in.
3: Yeah, that's, that's, great, that's advice. great advice. Uh, you're 100% right. There's a way to – honestly, with the Malik Willis thing and going back to the sports thing with Tannehill, if Malik had reached out to Ryan Tannehill and said, hey, let's have dinner – and then said, gee, I'd really like to just kind of pick your brain and watch you do these reps and watch you do the, you know, the trips through, you know, th- I, that would have gone much better, I yeah. think, than just a cold question out of somewhere like, hey, this guy who's competing for your job, do you want to help him? Right. Right. There's a way that you just described is the perfect way to go about getting the help and training that you might use when you you're You just a said a
0: great phrase, pick your brain. This is the key to unlocking so much help, which is, and I want to circle back to where I said I had a mentor outside of kind of what I do, which is Jason Clark, who was, you know, the producer of the Ted movies in a million ways, Die in the West. He's not a writer, but he's, he grew up doing this and he, he's seen and done it all. And he's someone who, when I was running a show, I turned to time and time again, because I would say I'm having this problem Blah 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 blah, and he would just know. He would tell me examples from you know everything from Forrest Gump to Ted yep. to whatever he's worked on. But it, you know, I'm not in competition with him. Like I'm not going to no. go produce a right. movie. Yes. So it's for him to, it's not, it's nothing off his back to give me his wisdom to give it away to me. Because if anything, I'm only going to burnish him. You know, come if I had a script, I would go to him instantly because I love the guy. I love working with him. So yes, I would say don't narrow your mind to what a mentor could be or where they could come from. That's a great point, too, and a, and great Jason Clark shout-out.
3: I love him, too. He worked on both Ted movies and the Western. He works on a ton of Seth stuff, and he's always very professional, a calming presence, yes. which is a key thing as well. He doesn't, you know, if he freaks out, it's very infrequent, and it's usually privately. And so deserved. And deserved. <laughs> like, it's tough wrangling people on a movie when you have, you know, 300 people who you're responsible for where they are at all times. And yeah. and he was always great at it. So good shout out to him. Yeah, and that was an interesting article. I really enjoyed reading it. I Again, it's one of those articles where being in the very thing that they're discussing in the article, you have different ways of seeing it than than the writer. Right. Testa Costa or whatever. It <laughs> right. right. Well,
0: it's, it's, it's almost like... She made a salad of the diversity part of it and the job yes. part of it. Right. And and linked them together in a way like I can't speak to very well. But um I I, I also wondered like, is this kind of two separate articles that are that are one? Yeah. And it that, felt and like, that, it. And like And that can you part can you sort of analyze these two components differently? Right.
3: And selfishly when I saw the headline it's kind of good news for, for you and me, Goldie, because right. it's like they're saying like, well, but there aren't enough people who know how to do this the right way. And I'm like, well, we do. Wow. We, we, we're, well, we, yeah, that's debatable. <laughs> no, one's, but, no, one's,
0: no one's knocking down my door.
3: But. Well, they're not. But theoretically, <laughs> no. if they read this article, they might be. But But the yeah. point where I disagree is I think the whole premise is flawed. I think anyone can be a showrunner if they have the passion and ask the right questions and have the right people around them. I I think think when you
0: feel like you're overwhelmed and drowning, you're doing it right.
3: Yes, (laughs) (laughs) It's a fun feeling for you at all times. Um, All right. That was, yeah, go ahead. So Goldie,
1: if you, if you had another show, do you feel like you walked away with the lessons that you needed to learn from your last two shows?
0: I think I, I definitely got better over time. Um, And, you know, one thing that I that I did was I I always as I was going through my writing career, making mental notes of everything I hated about the job. Yeah. And I tried not to put the writers through those things. And I would tell them on the first day, like, I used to hate the feeling that I had to joke count and get credit for myself because, like, I felt like sometimes. I would pitch something, they would be like, I can't remember who pitched it, and it would yeah. go in and then that was a, me. and I would just say like yeah. you already got the job, you're here for the full season. I'm not doing any accounting of the jokes. Like you're in, so don't worry, That's don't awesome. count your jokes. Just yeah. focus in the moment, every moment, on advancing the script. Yeah. And like and we're a team. So like the team wins or yeah. the team yeah. loses. Right. I'm not keeping an individual stat sheet, yeah. like an NBA yeah. team on on who's doing what. Like, yeah. but there you will do be have an eventual it. accounting, yes. but it'll be way more general. And if it's like, hey, the show's going great, they want to renew it, it's likely I'm going to just take the same team with me yes. because it worked.
3: Yes. Right. Yeah, you don't want to fuck with the chemistry there. Um, yeah. and, and, and before we, we get out of this topic, we, we talk about them a lot on this show, but Mike Scully fantastic showrunner. And he's running a show right now, Duncanville uh, animated show for Fox, but he's someone who gets it and is great at it. And I would submit that also David Goodman is in that category. Like David Goodman is a guy who, again, these guys are both old school trained in the old school. So it's just what this article is saying that we need in Hollywood and they're both awesome at it. Calm, guiding hands for a show is, is key. And that's something that I know I could work on. Um, but that's a great topic, Goldie. Thank you yeah. for, for Thank you. enlightening yeah. <laughs> us with that article. But now oh, let's slide. And my wife not-
0: found the article, by the way. So let's get Oh, give her oh some credit. Way to go, she, Steph. She Thank sent you, it to me Steph. and said, I think this could be on the podcast. No one tell her. <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs>
3: and she's bu- busy making soup for an asymptomatic kid, ah. and she still had time to find this article. Um, that was fun. And yeah. now let's slide into another fun part of the show—a part we like to call Top Five. Top Five. Beautiful harmonies. <laughs> Beautiful harmonies. Oh. Um, all right, JC. This was your category this week, so why don't you set us yeah. up?
1: Okay. So this week is Top Five Catchphrases. And uh, last week I had said, do you want to do specific categories? But we kept it broad. Kept so, it broad. Yeah. So um, and I actually found it difficult. <laughs> I had a hard time right. with it.
3: Well, let me, uh, I'll go first. I feel like mine are kind of straight ahead. I, I took this to mean, and we can discuss this, when, you think, when I think of a catchphrase, I think of like a person's catchphrase. But, you know, maybe we went corporate in some spots. We'll see. Here are mine. So number five top five catchphrases take my wife please Mm. that's henny youngman the comedian henny youngman it took me years to understand what that meant
1: (laughs) like i didn't
3: and and i'm not talking about like oh being in a marriage or whatever like literally understanding what he means when he says that because he says take my wife please everybody laughed and i i kind of laughed along (laughs) with it not getting it but it's the way and let me explain it all the best jokes need to be explained (laughs) It's it's like he's saying, take my wife, for example. Oh. Take my wife means, you know, for example. But instead he says, take my wife, dot, 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 please. <laughs> Which I think is very funny. Okay. Number four. Hey now.
1: Oh, Hank yeah, Kingsley
3: from the Larry Sanders show. Hey now. That's Just a, a great one. simpleton's catchphrase. It's like as dumb as Hank is, that That's catchphrase. No, number three. A big part of every sick day in my youth. Come on down, <laughs>
1: oh, <yeah. laughs> nice. Johnny Olson.
3: Wow, Johnny Olson on the Price is Right. Rest in peace, Johnny. He had a very large head. But, he, uh, gone! He, was, he gone. He gone. Yup, he long gone. <laughs> and number two, uh, Hank Kin- Kingsley spinoff. Here's Johnny. That's <laughs> nice. just a great, yeah. yep. great Ed McMahon. Uh, and number one, this was. This was the first thing I wrote down when you said this. Uh, just one more question. Columbo, I knew, I knew
1: yeah. that was yours. Columbo's I told Stu. catchphrase, just
3: one more question. Amazing. That's when he had you. That's when he had Patrick Magoo and Robert Culp. He had him by the balls. They didn't
0: know it yet. Those
1: great. Uh, so
3: those are my top five catchphrases.
1: You want to go Goldie or should I go?
0: Uh, I'll go, I guess, because my, my list is, I don't want to defend it.
1: Okay. I don't no think to. I did okay. a
0: good job. I was confused by the topic because it's like, <laughs> there are things like, um, you want to make my day, you know, or, or, or like uh, the taxi driver one. Um, go, you're talking and to me? You're talking go ahead to me. And make my day. Go ahead make my day. What's ta- the taxi driver You talking to me? One? Yeah, you're talking you me. talking to me. Where you go, me? go, those aren't catchphrases, like people say those are catchphrases, but they were said once. To be a catchphrase, yeah. it's something that's repeated
1: and, and yes. that's why it became difficult for me too. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. so yeah, so like favorite favorite movie quote or favorite catchphrase. Right. so yeah, I exactly. went favorite catchphrase. And these are just my favorites. I don't know that they're the top five of all time, but I just Yeah, I like, agree. That's number five, fill it to the rim with the <laughs> It's a slogan. It's a it's slogan. God damn it. I love saying it. It's so yeah. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> they like do they have that? And then they just named the coffee Brim because they wanted they to fill to. it to the rim. They reverse They thought fill it to the that. rim was so good that and like no one likes when their coffee cup is almost oh, I know. spilling. I know. And it's terrible coffee. So it's yeah. I, I yeah. like it because it's awful. <laughs> it's a disaster. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number four. Are you having a laugh?
1: Are you having a laugh? Are you having a
0: laugh? <laughs> 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 what's, what's that from? It's from uh, extras. Oh, yeah. oh, I love that show. It's from Ricky Gervais and Extras. It okay. was his catchphrase on the show. <laughs> yeah. Are, Are you having a laugh? Uh, number three, and this this is a, ch- a childhood favorite.
1: Yes. Well, isn't that special? <laughs> nice. Yes. Hey,
0: I love that. Oh, God. I wish I had remembered that. That's a great one. Uh, the number... church lady. The yes. church lady. Number two is from the American office. That's what she said.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> but, yep, yep.
0: But it's, it's it always always works. Always, always funny. funny. I know. And, and number one, it, it just feels like an anti-climax, but <laughs>
1: nice. <laughs> yeah, yes,
0: the sipsids. Awesome. That's totally worth it. Yeah. You, you, great. You, I, you I wasn't proud, him. but I, I did it.
1: Right, you did no, you do did it.
3: it. You got through it.
1: Uh okay. So we do have crossover, uh, Goldie. Uh, oh wow. Um, Ooh. So, um let me see. Number five for me was, from my childhood as well, the plane, the plane (laughs) tattoo from Fantasy Island. Yeah, Um, that's great. Number four is That's What She Said um, from The American Office. And then number two, or sorry, number three is um, from a Simpsons episode where they sort of do a parody of a catchphrase for Bart, and it's I Didn't Do It. Yeah, I didn't I do didn't it. do it. Yeah, it's the I didn't he do it. He was the boy. I didn't do it kid. Yeah, yeah, with the I didn't do it dancers and mm-hmm. I, I loved that. <laughs> and then um number That's two. A, that
3: brought us wuzza wuzza. Oh really? Remember, it was like he he said every time he said I didn't do it, oh, the crowd yes. would erupt. And then one time he said it and yes. they they were silent and he, he they're like, think of something else. And he right. just said wuzza Wuzza. <laughs> <laughs> and they were, right. like, they were <laughs> like, What wuzza wuzza? What the hell is that? <laughs>
1: And then, um, you know, my number two, I think, isn't, if we're describing the category as needs to be repeated, might not be an actual catchphrase. But it's also a Simpsons line from Pyro from American Gladiators when he is taking Lulu on a date and he says, come on, Lulu, let's roll. I say it all the time. With it's very. It's a very obscure reference to a very specific very episode. Obscure. Yes, and the I number saw. two of all time. It is. I use it is. so <laughs> there much. There it is. Come on, <laughs> lulu, come on, let's, lulu roll. Let's, let's roll. Let's roll. And then number one from Friday Night Lights: Clear eyes, full hearts, oh. can't
0: lose. Uh, that's a good one. <laughs> I uh, always a, thought about hanging. a... a pee by that door as I go up my bedroom From and Pant hit Thirst. it on my way. Yeah,
3: and Goldie, because I, I, I love this and this always stuck with me. Give me, give me your theory on Coach Taylor,
0: Ooh. Uh, the worst first half coach in history, <laughs> yeah. the greatest fourth quarter coach in history. Yeah, so what you I do is you don't let him coach the first three quarters. <laughs> you take away his headset, and his clipboard, and you uh. you bind and guy, you duct tape his mouth shut and you tie yep. him up. <laughs> And then, getting a fourth quarter, you release him.
3: Yep, I love that. Worst first half coach That's in history. Funny. Great, great. He's, he uh, can't
0: game plan, but he can adapt.
3: <laughs> he
0: makes adjustments. Um, all
3: That's right, great. well, JC, that was a fun list. Thank you for Thank the suggestion. You. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and. Hit you with because it's my oh, thank list god it's yours because I was
0: like, I was in my head coming up with okay, to <laughs> <No, yours was laughs> your
3: and <laughs> top five milks. Uh, no, so <laughs> next week, uh, is going to be top five 80s songs for staring out the car window. So for most of the 80s, <laughs> the three of us were passengers being yep. driven to school, true, true. to, to ath- athletics, whatever it was. The docked is, um, top five 80s songs for staring out the car window we did it a lot time to bring it back um and now this week for the first time ever this is exciting we checked our voicemail goldie you checked our voicemail and we actually had a message give give that number
0: one more time oh boy uh 310-896-8274 that's (laughs) 310-896-8274 I just remembered earlier I said I only know five things and like that one of them is that number.
1: There <laughs> it is. I always I'm just you know in, my in my head. It's very impressive. I love impressive.
3: that. I love that. But so anyway, you checked it this week and we do have a message, yeah. JC, can you play that message yes. for us? Yes.
2: Alex, this is Morty. Listen, I've got some good news. <laughs> The writing assignment oh, no. for the Chili Willy animated feature is still open. We passed on the other guy. He was too old. And I know you were excited about it. You know, Chilly Willy is that mischievous little friend of Woody Woodpeppers. He's always getting into shenanigans. And um, I told the producers about you. I told them you were the creator of the TV show Dads and the creator of the TV show Family Guy. And that you wrote the original Star Wars movie, so needless to say, they want to have this meeting. And I know you want to still keep your uh, toe in uh, in the uh, broadcast TV department, too, so I got a little intel from CBS. Let me uh, make sure I got this right. Um... CBS, I know you've heard of them. <laughs> Number one. Network. Uh, they are looking to do an anthology show. You know what an anthology show is, right? So write something anthological, send it to me, and I uh, will take it from there. You can call me anytime while <laughs> oh, my paper is on 24-7. And love to Sarah. Oh, boy, what a dynamo she is. Hold on to her. Bye. <laughs>
0: Oh, so that's Morty. Tom Gamble's agent, Morty, uh, Morty.
1: giving us Morty. a call. And I, I just Morty
0: Mortenstein. Just, yeah, <laughs> why does he never have any projects for me? Oh, that's a good <laughs> Well, by the
3: way, he might be thinking you because he has my name wrong, that's for sure. <laughs> he hits Alex every well, time. Well, that's part of his, I, his
0: charm. Look, he's old it school. Is. <laughs>
3: it is. I don't know about this bit of naming past girlfriends for me, but (laughs) let's let's hope he runs out of real estate on that real quick. (laughs) But, well, Morty, thank you for calling in. And you know what? I only work with Goldie on these things. So if we write something anthological, we will be sure to send that in to you. Boy. Wow, Morty. Thank you so much for that. And thank you, Goldie, for checking the messages. Look at that treasure trove we've uncovered. Mm -hmm. All right. So now we are going to close the show the way we always do. On a high note. Uh And that also, Tom and Max, Tom and Max, the (laughs) duo, is that going to be their last recorded bit of comedy for the show? We'll see. Well, I mean, they don't, they're not a team anymore. (laughs) No, no, they're they're not a team anymore. Well, first of all, whenever we need medical advice,
0: when when we need, you know, what would a doctor do? Mm. We'll call Max.
1: Yes, I like We're that idea. We're calling Max.
0: Yeah.
3: Yes. Uh, Tom will hate that. He'll be like, I can give the medical advice. <laughs> um, <laughs> who uh, Who would like to go first for a high note?
0: I just want to go after you.
1: Okay, I'll go first.
3: Okay, sure. Okay, go okay,
1: ahead. Okay, so mine's pretty quick. My high note is dedicated to Nicole Freeze, who I didn't get to say anything earlier, but she created <gasps> that... She created that collage behind. It was for my birthday, but everything, she handmade it. It's beautiful. It's so thoughtful. Every time I look at it, there's something new. And uh, wait I just, I love her and I love it. She's a great friend. So.
0: Oh, it's that's cool. It's very nice.
3: Look at that. Thank look you. at that ad over your shoulder. I see some <laughs> nice at.
0: pandas that look yes. well rendered. Yeah, wow, you can yeah. see that. Impressive. Yeah.
1: Yes well rendered.
3: Yeah. yeah, maybe maybe you'll maybe you'll hang up that art one day. I, I hate putting holes in the
1: walls. It's a very weird <laughs> okay.
3: thing. Okay. <laughs> all right, so weird. Thing. Marie Kondo coming here. Um, all right, I'll I'll go I'll go next. So my high note this week is that we recorded one day early today. Why is that? Because I am jetting out to the West Coast to go to the wedding of Chris Sheridan and Jenna Lamia. Chris Sheridan Good friend of mine. He's worked at Family Guy for years and years, ran the show very well, very funny, talented writer. Then he created his own show called Resident Alien. Haven't cut
0: su- it. Uh, I'm right, watching Tom, it. I'm watching it now.
3: Yes, I, I have not caught up on season two, or it's one. On, <laughs> it's on Sci-Fi Network. Goldie, come oh, on! This there feels he like, is. There he is. This feels like somebody wasn't invited. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm excited to go out to this wedding, even though it's going to be a hundred and six. On Saturday in China right. Springs, where the wedding is. So <laughs> I will be wearing my lightweight uh, vestments and just praying that Tom does not keel over.
1: Oh no. <laughs>
3: but I'm excited for the wedding. Congratulations to the two
0: of them. All right. Goldie? So my high note is hearing these two wonderful people are getting married and I'm very happy for them. And Chris is a great guy. But then also, when you hear about a, a wedding, and you're not invited. Oh. And you go, I don't have to get out there. I don't have to buy a gift. I don't have to deal please. with the COVID part. And it's just, I'm happy for my friends. And I'm just delighted that Saturday <laughs> I'll be sitting in my house God. doing whatever I want with my
1: stuff.
3: Oh, God. Air yes, that is well said. And I completely agree. Although I am excited uh, to see... Tom, Chris, John Viner, who was not asked to be part of this podcast. You'll see them all (laughs) out there. Uh, Anyway, what a great show. Very fun. And thank you, too, for being awesome. Thank you all for listening out there. And we will talk to you again next
2: week. Are you having a laugh?